Testing, testing. Hello? Yes, we are back on Filtered Vitamin Z. I read the books, guarantee, but rest assured I know the streets coming to you live from Sin City LV. This is Unfiltered Vitamin Z and it's triple digit heat. That's right. What is it today? Hold on. 109 as of right now. It is noon, but the highs are going to be 113 tomorrow, 114. Shit, bro. That's too much. But yeah, so I was recording this yesterday by the poolside because, you know, fuck it. Why not? Nice day. Get some tan and shit. And um, I lit up a small little joint. First time this ever happened. This was like half of the podcast of what I had recorded yesterday. Where um, this father came up, you know, introduced himself and shit. He was being all polite and everything. I was like, what the, hell's, what the hell's wrong with this guy? And he's like, yo, but my son was like, dad, somebody's doing drugs. So <laughs> he felt bad in front of his son um, to be smelling the weed. So he told me... Uh, you know, that's to put it out. I mean, as he was talking, I was already putting it out. I mean, I was already like, yeah, this guy wants me to put it out. I mean, he's obviously not coming to ask for a hit. So he, he's definitely asking me to put it out. And uh, me and him start talking a little bit. And he's like, I'm just like you. He's like, one of these nights you're going to see me out here with probably with, with a blunt too. Um, I smoke like every other day. And I was like, shit, that's interesting. I wonder how he has that conversation with his son. And then it got me thinking that'd be a good conversation to have with him on a podcast. His name is John next time if I see him. Because it's it's so interesting to think about, one, as I've talked before about negative stigma, but also, two, the amount of people that you'll meet, that you'll encounter that do certain things. So it's so interesting for people to, uh, you know, either criminalize something or hate on something, whatever, and realize, you know, that's somebody very close to them that's like that. I mean, I think of some of the biggest examples I see are, like, big-time homophobic people, and they got people, and sometimes not just themselves, like the whole, you know, theory, like, someone that's hella homophobic is probably gay themselves. No, probably someone they know is gay, and they were, like, really fucking pissed off about it or something. You know, how many people are so against smoking cigs and it's like, damn, they probably had an aunt that died, you know, of lung cancer or some shit like that. So it is very interesting to see where someone can love and hate something simply because of the relationships and attachments they have to those things and with people that do them. So John seemed like a really cool guy. I mean, he was very polite and everything. And I respect that. I mean, the way I see it is like this, you know, I'm definitely going to respect other people's boundaries in terms of the odor because i don't i never had that strong sense of a smell and then i don't smell and that's what i told him he's like that's how i know you smoke every day which i mean i don't but i just never smelt it like some people if they smell weed they will stop dead in their tracks walk on the sidewalk and they'll be like i smell weed that ne i never used to like if i smell a little bit of weed it just smelled like tea to me it smelled like some little bit of sage some mud amia, that's it and i just keep walking minding my own fucking business so people at the pool a lot of young people were there and they had their drinks, you know what I mean? There was, you know, drinking beer by the pool, which you're not supposed to have drinks or beverages within four feet of the pool, which there's a sign for that. There's no sign that says I can't smoke weed, but there is definitely a sign that says not to have beverages. And there's a dude with his daughter that's always sitting in the pool having his beers too. He was eyeing me and my homies the other day real fucking weird. I don't know why. Um, and then, yeah, so if the odor is such a big deal, I think maybe it's because of the way we associate. Like, that little kid literally says, Dad, someone's doing drugs. Like, that's the first thing he associates with the smell, but it's all good. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was hella funny. Uh, but it also, what it does is, it leads right into some of the things that I had typed yesterday. What it allowed me to do is, having that conversation with him, I sat back, I paused the podcast, and I just started typing a little bit. So I could be a bit more concise, a bit slower, and a bit more clear in my delivery because sometimes I get too excited sometimes my thoughts sorry I try to get my words to catch up with my thoughts and I got so many thoughts going on 
So it's good to type that shit out, write it. That's why I recommend journaling too. Uh, I don't know if y'all do that, but I like, I don't do it every day. But I definitely, when there's something that's a bit bugging me, even when it's something that I know, but just to see it on writing, like a to-do list, like goals, like there's certain things that you might want to do in your life or certain things you see for yourself. It's good to put that shit onto writing, you know, to put on a piece of paper. And I feel like that type of association, it makes you want to actualize it even more now that you've gotten written down. So just start the conversation. Motherfuckers too concerned with someone's first words, not with what's last said. You know why? Because people are too concerned with answers versus the questions. So maybe just start the conversations with questions, not with answers, right? Look towards the right questions to be asked, not having the right answers. Karim Abdul-Jabbar, fellow historian. <laughs> to y'all that don't know that, he got a degree from UCLA in history. And he even said if he was a foot shorter, he'd probably be a history teacher somewhere. But he knew the gift that he had and the, uh, you know, that special gift of the height and everything so he was going to actualize on it to set himself up for him and his family to succeed even more but it's not like that was the only thing he was capable of doing you know that stupid report that said um what did she say just dribble and play or some shit like that to lebron like not for him to say anything political anyway it's all bullshit so he said as a fellow historian as a fellow you know um He's a writer, too. So someone that's engaging in a lot of different social and political thought, he said to question everything, even from the source of the words telling you to do so. Socrates agreed. He said to question, ask the wise and the wise nots. You know, don't say, I don't I, I don't want to wear fucking masks or I don't have to ask. Well, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I? Right. Or ask those you condemn for telling you to do so why they want you to wear one. Yes, you may already have answers to those questions, but ask first. Don't shoot first, then ask questions. Ask the questions first, because the right to bear arms is the Second Amendment, but the right to free speech is the first. So you can ask first and then worry about maybe shooting later. If you shoot first, it's kind of hard to ask the person you just kill whatever fucking question you wanted to ask, right? It's like cutting hair. If you got different hairstyles you want to try, you start with the uh, longest haired one because we can always cut more hair. It's very hard to put more hair on, back on the top of your head. So don't shoot first and then ask the person you just killed why they were walking around their neighborhood on a Florida evening or jogging around theirs in Georgia or trying to use a fake 20 at a gas station in Minneapolis. Fuck the racists and the fascists, bro. Because the, the battle... and Oh, wait. Fuck those that try to battle them for a righteous cause by using the same methods. You never fight hate with hate. That just brings more hate. Don't fight answers with answers, fire and fire. Fight that shit with water, the question of the elements. That's what water is. It's like what Bruce Lee said. You put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water in a tub, it becomes the tub. Be like water. Like when I first heard about COVID, when I was still back in Spain, I still felt like this shit was a hoax, felt like a movie, some bullshit China was trying on our ass. But I tried to listen and wait and be skeptical, skeptical, shit, my bad, about everything to see how people react. Not just to see how people react on the streets, but to see the big people, the organizations and the institutions and the governments. You know, don't get fooled by titles and big names. People everywhere are just people, susceptible by any of the smallest things that hurt ourselves. The best and worst of us is with than all of us so we should lean towards that benefit of the doubt like fuck 
I'm I know something. I might know something. But let me give myself 95%, right? Come all the way, but give the other person that 5%, that slight window of doubt, that slight window of opportunity for something else to take fold rather than the only reality that you have constructed in your head. So when you have that, you can take yourself and say, hey, I don't know everything. Or even I do know a lot of shit, but even the things that I do know could be wrong. Like question even the things that you never thought about question that's the whole point of questioning everything is to question the things you never want to touch the things you don't want to question that's a lot of problems that i have with religion in a lot of senses because to say something is ordained uh, or written in 100 percent perfection by god to me that upsets me because that means that we can't critique it it means that and if we do critique it that brings up a lot of implications about the god that we're here to discuss whereas to go something like this is man-made to go towards the imperfection is perfection bro like to to say something's man-made doesn't mean that it's wrong or that it's bad well all it means is that we can critique it man man i mean mankind i don't just mean you know in a like don't take this gender shit too far with the pronouns that i use but like the thing we as a human race have created there's a lot of great things we've created a lot of great things a lot of horrible things but a lot of great things too and what we should be able to do is be able to critique and improve upon the things we have built. There's nothing wrong with what's been out here with what, what's, what the, with what's existing. But that doesn't mean we can improve upon things and innovate, right? Um, you know, science, technology, they're great. But there's also got to be a separate area of innovation, of taking and looking at things in a slightly different sense. Not necessarily creating something new, but be creating new lens, new lenses and new tools of perspective. That's all essentially is. Um, you know, the assembly line with Harrison Ford, like, yeah, sure, we can build shit in a different way, but it's going to take fucking long, it's going to take forever, or we can do it this way that I got, and it's hella more efficient, you know what I mean, and we can increase productivity, so we should be always looking to increase the productivity, not just the material objects, material things, but also increase the productivity of us as humans, you know, of, of on the inside, our own mentalities, our own, you know, spiritualities, our own ways of thinking and ways of thought. It's not just the knowledge that we produce, but how do we produce the knowledge that we think we have? You know what I mean? So we got to go back to the lab again and just, you know, re-examine shit. A big book I recommend. Hold on, let me pull it up right now. Yeah, big time recommended reading 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. You can find a free PDF online. It's a lot of uh, historical lessons and philosophy to teach valuable lessons and guidelines on people and relationships. I think it's really cool the way he takes you through each law and the way he gives historical implications, historical examples, and then reverts back to them in different sense and then even shows like the inverse or the rever sorry, like the reverse of that law. Um, so it's, it's really helpful on a, on a micro and macro level for you to understand, you know, big things that leaders have done, uh, certain famous iconic people throughout history, but also on a micro for you, for you able to take those things and analyze, because we're all pretty much characters, we're all archetypes, right? There's certain things that are relevant with us, with, um, with everybody, the same, like I said, the best and worst of us is within all of us. So when you can study biographies when you can study history in a sense like examining people as just people not necessarily special people that whatever this great thing or horrible thing this person did someone else that you know personally given those same circumstances would have done the same thing and tupac said the same thing he's like i'm not a killer but don't push me right don't you don't know what a man will do until you back back him up into a corner and 
have a fend for himself. You don't know what someone will do until you put them in the circumstances that will create that problem, that will create the sort of only solution that that person is going to need to get out of that problem. So I don't know. I really recommend that book a lot. Um, I really think I think he has another one too. I can't remember what the exact name is, but it de he definitely comes from like a business psychological uh, background, if I'm not mistaken, which is an underrated thing. A lot of people think the only thing you can do with psychology degree is, is become, you know, some type of academic psychologist. It's not true. Like the lady that did teach me my general um, psych course, she worked for Honda for years and she even worked remotely when she moved to Florida from Ohio. Uh, she was working on the business, which is a small sector of psychology majors to go into business. But it is definitely something, you know, to understand yourself and to understand how people think, that is not something to be understated. That is something extremely valuable and it could be extremely powerful if you know how to use it, right? Because the, I've said this before, the, the worst people in history or the greatest, quote-unquote, is all from the lenses or all from the side of history that you're on, right? A freedom fighter somewhere is a terrorist to someone else. So a great leader in a democratic country that does fucked up, you know, shit. Like, what's the difference between state-sponsored violence and religious extremist violence? That's a whole other dis discussion, too. You know, what is that difference? You know, what is the difference between Bush and Dick blowing up the Middle East? And what's the difference between, you know, them retaliating or them before that with 9-11, you know, with religious extremists? And even Bush fucked up by calling this like a crusader, a crusade war, like a holy war. And that's another problem too with state-sponsored violence is they play into not just violence, but into the same narrative of violence, a holy war, a cosmic war with other extremists too. And I think that's a big problem as well when it comes from not just a perspective of ignorance and lack of education of different religions, but also lack of education perspective and questioning on your own part, right? You're not doing, you're not asking questions to ask questions, not to just ask questions of the other side, it's to ask questions on your side too. It, you know, questions is, is for everybody, it's for everything. That's what it means to question everything, not just to question everything that you despise. No, to question everything that you love and behold as well. Do you even know why you love the things makes them so lovable? Do you even know why you take for, you know, do you know, do you understand the basic roots of the things that you hold and see sacred and the fundamentals of your life? Right. Because you are born into this world and the world has already been created for you. There's already so many things that have been established and it's up to us to not chip away at it, but to repaint it. You know what I mean? That's what a lot of people think that when you ask questions, you're trying to chip away at shit. No, I could be just coming up with a new coat of paint. That's all I'm doing. I'm just touching up on a couple of things. Right. But it all comes back from the intention. Some people think with the intention of questions means the intentions of chipping away. No, come at, come at it with the intention of repainting. Two people I say that I'd admire. There's one, I can't remember the name, is of this kid. Is at nine years old, but he fucking skated on a whole flight of stairs and landed clean. The skill, but also more of the courage to do such a thing. And even with the pads and helmet, it's like a, still a pretty scary endeavor. That's a dream I had. I didn't even know I had. Uh, another dude is, is a man, I think the name of uh, Ron Finley. Uh, is a TED Talk known as Gangster Gardener, South Central LA Urban Gardening and Basic Self-Reliance of Agriculture. He now has a master class, which I look really forward to watching. But 
it's it's interesting to see that sometimes we glorify uh, glorify so much of the celebrity culture and certain people that we think are so self-made, so successful, so you know deserving of our intention and our time, scrolling through pictures of their lives and shit, and detaching ourselves away from our own lives and the own people around us simply because of of what. When, you know, what is it that we, we put so many people on a pedestal? You know, not just sometimes you put your mom or your siblings. You know, we got to realize we're all just fucking humans. That's the thing. It's like we put so many different people on personal relationships and or uh, so many people we glorify on social media and other things on such a huge pedestal. And there's no reason to, you know, we put ourselves on such high standards sometimes when we just forget. We forget to realize we're just all humans. So those are two people I really admire because, you know, of that courage on such a small thing. There's so many things, you know, John Wooden used to say, you know, the small things add up to the big things. And we focus so many times on things we can't control, which is, you know, kind of stupid because you can't control them. You know, what we can control oftentimes is what we neglect. So, yeah, John Wooden, you would see him sweeping in the gym after a game or practice or whatever, because that's what he can control. He can do the little things to add up to the big things. We just want to focus on fuck i can't control the big things well no shit we all can't and we all shouldn't but we can control this focus on what we can control think global but try our best to always go back at it and act local simple as that another thing i wanted to talk about I was thinking about the other day was the the song furthest thing by drake it's like it's is that song is one of micros and macros like i mentioned in the previous podcast furthest thing in the smallest of distances yet in the largest on the micro and yet macro scale of being the furthest thing as a person as a community as a city as a nation as a planet and human race from the global to the local and then back to the global or as i've said before from the macro to the micro and back to the macro check out the song furthest thing by drake i don't want to play that shit right now because i'm listening to some other tunes but i also have realized that the music that i used to play in previous podcasts that was not for you the audience per se that was more for me like i wasn't talking like having pre-shit written to talk and then having music in the background i was having music that i wanted to listen to and then there were certain lyrics or certain themes coming through those songs that i wanted to discuss and that would lead to my different conversations so different songs switched me up and got me thinking and start talking about different shit and that's essentially what i was doing with the songs but i thought it would be nice to share them as well because sharing songs not gonna lie i've said this before to some friends Sharing songs, like, I'm more comfortable being physically, like, butt-ass naked in front of you than I am sharing you some of my playlists or sharing you some stories behind some song. Not necessarily the song itself, because sometimes the song itself doesn't mean shit, but there's a story and a time, a place, an emotion behind it that is actually, in a lot of ways, pretty vulnerable. To me, more vulnerable than the physical sense of just you seeing my dick in my ass. Like, I ain't got no problem with that. I'm not ashamed. I ain't got nothing to hide. Shit, it's how God made me, motherfucker. But <laughs> it's the songs. It's the emotion that makes us so vulnerable. That's why sometimes, like, I don't know, do people get more pissed off to find out somebody, your girl was, like, fucking somebody, you know, balls to the wall? You know, somebody was balls deep in her? Or were they not having sex, but it was a deep emotional connection? You know, which one feels like a much bigger, uh, a, a bigger, what is it, like like a bigger backstab? You know what I mean? So that's why a lot of times when I was studying, um, one of my cl- courses at USF was History of Gender and Sexuality, which is a very interesting course to think about. What It's focused, of course, on the U.S., but what you find is, again, as humans, common themes. So certain things common of... Um, 
of gender and sexuality in the 18, 1900s in the U.S. I find it really common in the Middle East right now, simply because of social norms and things differ. So just because we are in 2020 or because someone was in 1920, that doesn't mean some people weren't thinking ahead and some people now aren't thinking behind. That's essentially what it is. So like Abraham Lincoln had a bedmate, not a roommate. They already had roommates, but he had a dude he literally split half of his bed with. And he was so, Abraham Lincoln got so pissed off when that dude went off and got married. You know, there was even another rumor too. That I, well, this one wasn't a rumor. This one was pretty well confirmed. I think what is the rumor, however, is the fact that he had a security or like a general or something, somebody, you know, um, somebody in charge of some type of security detail would cuddle, I guess, or sleep with Abraham Lincoln whenever his wife went on some type of long trip or was out of town for a few days, which I thought was pretty weird. But it's like some people want to say, oh, that's some gay shit now. But is it like they didn't even have that word gay to define it as what they had was a, a life in a society where the genders were literally segregated outside of marriage unless you were married to somebody men were with men all fucking day and women were with women all fucking day and one of the books that i read like you quote used the um, the term like the two sexes were basically alienated from each other and so and when they got married it was like so weird to be married that it was all they were almost together basically to reproduce and outside of reproduction men and women don't really got a lot of shit going on for them to be connected uh, my friend megs from australia has this crazy theory that we'll all just be you know gay in the future when people get past the stigma of it <laughs> basically that's her that's her thought because women like hanging out with women and men like men we really don't get along that fucking well with each other and don't get me wrong some people will say no i, I really you know some women like no i love to fuck guys and guys are like well, i love to fuck women but that doesn't mean you don't enjoy companionship and partnership with the other sex either i don't know what russell brand said the best thing is to be bi because shit whatever you're fucking grabbing you fuck with it you know what i mean you're not being picky the worst thing people like is a picky fucking eater another thing about that is like that frustrates me a lot when it comes to People get pissed well, like when uh, Pacquiao said some homophobic shit, but that dude's hella religious. Like, that dude believes in the religion, and, you know, these people really are fucking, you know, rooted. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or Muslim, whatever it is. If that's in your religion, that's in your religion, right? You got to go back to the source and critique the religion, then critique someone for believing a larger framework of religion. And heterosexuality is emphasized that it's adam and eve not adam and steve so if that's such a big deal for so many people you can't really hate on them for that shit what you can hate is the ideology and the way the ideology has crippled normal ways of thinking that's what you can that's what you can and should critique on right is to take it back a step further it's like hold up you know religious people a lot of people that believe in their religion they're okay with somebody their cousin drinking alcohol or having sex or whatever the fuck it having heterosexual sex, right? If you know your cousin's or your son's fucking a girl, you don't really have any issues with that. But imagine if he was fucking a dude. All of a sudden, it's a big deal. But either way, both of those things might be forbidden in the religion, right? So why are you going to hate on one and not the other, right? We we allow certain things. Like, we allow people we know that smoke or have addictions or whatever. We, we allow people that we know are fat and poisoning their bodies and eating so many unhealthy things and not exercising, not taking care of themselves, which could be just as great of a sin, right? That's an intoxicant. And religion, you know, God doesn't want you to take intoxicants, which is another question is how far do you take that rule of intoxicants being forbidden? Should we all live like Amish people then and not have, you know, uh, polluting like my car is turned on right now. I got the AC blasting. You know what I mean? I'm polluting. I'm running electricity. But then we talk about, oh, but you need to be practical and you live in 2020. Well, how the fuck are we going to be practical be in 2020 
when we're still following a macro framework written 1400 years ago you know what i'm saying and if philosophy sticks around for a long time too and religion can i think there's an interesting bridge between religion and philosophy there's a um, there's a pioneer of Jewish philosophy. His name was Abraham Daud. Same last name as me, bro, from Andalusia. It, like, if I was reincarnated, that was my, that was me in a past fucking life. Swear to God. <laughs> he was, um, I think he was a mathematician and historian and philosopher. And what he was basically trying to do is bridge the gaps between religion and philosophy. Because what happens is a lot of times through, he was trying to use philosophy to understand religion better. Which a lot of people think are two separate things, but not necessarily. What happens is in religion, religious texts, or in any other text like a constitution or certain things like that. It's a constant debate and battle between what do we interpret literally and what do we interpret figuratively? What do we take as just a story and what do we take out no as word for word to be used to the exact? You know what I mean? So he was um, thinking about that too. Check him out. Abraham Daoud, a D-A-O-U-D. I think another thing was pretty interesting too is like I talk about certain things. I can entertain any thought. I can talk about anything and, and, and anyone. You know, Aristotle said is the art of intelligent mind to only entertain thoughts. Like some people are so worried about thinking and so they numb themselves from thinking because they feel like they will become whatever they think, which is bullshit. So they don't want to think. They don't want to trouble themselves, right? The only thing that separates smart and dumb people is discipline. It's not necessarily something inherent. Sure, some people got bigger brains or naturally smart IQs, whatever the fuck. But for the most part, I really think it's just a matter of discipline. Matter of discipline in a sense that you can, you should think about a lot of different things and explore a lot of different things. But if you're going to get holed up on every single one of them, that is your fault. You have to be able to shuffle through that properly and choose what you want to think and choose what needs to be discussed more, what needs to be neglected, what is a micro to you and what is a macro. And if you're able to do that, that's what make, creates, that's what makes you a smart person. What creates a dumb person is not for not knowing something, but it's the fact that you're not thinking of what you don't know. That's the problem. You, it's not People think this smart person is smart because he's got a lot of answers and this person is dumb because he has no answers. No. A smart person is smart because they are willing to ask the questions and a dumb person is dumb because they're asking no questions. They're not even thinking of the fact. They're not even asking themselves why they're not asking any questions. That's essentially what it is. So there's a lot of different stigmas, a lot of different things. Uh, sorry I've been going on like in a big twist, but I just got so many different things flowing around. And I got different notes on my phone and I should have written them down all together i guess but fuck it another thing another question i got was like when we when the previous podcast i was talking about cannabis and mental health i want to bring a note about that I was like how are you going to disbelieve something like cannabis how are you going to disbelieve something like cannabis doesn't have benefits when you don't even acknowledge the problems it proves to solve that's unfortunate mental health ignorance and negligence another thing i was thinking about was the um well, the same thing, the same topic of me saying, oh, you know, there's, you know, there's nothing that's going to do, there's nothing that's going to benefit you using something like cannabis or any other plant or whatever the, whatever the case, right? Certain, you know, religious people neglect certain medicines for whatever reason because of, um, you know, that God can only save them. I think Christian science is a group like that. You know, it's, it, different people have been charged for manslaughter, different parents for not taking their kids to the hospital simply because they believe that, you know, that they should be taken care of by god it's kind of interesting there's a story my mom used to tell me as a kid of a dude drowning and he's drowning and drowning and then somebody comes up and says hey do you want help he's like no no i'm good god's gonna save me and another person comes in a in a jet skin he's like hey man you need some help and he's like no 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 don't worry i'm good god's gonna save me another person stops buying a boat and is still trying to help this man and he's like no 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 god's gonna save me the dude obviously drowns 
God dies, goes to heaven, confronts God, and he's like, yo, man, what the fuck? I was waiting for you. You didn't come save me. And God's like, stupid ass bitch. I sent you three people. I sent you three people and you didn't, you didn't accept any one of them. So sometimes we feel like the sign from God is supposed to be so straightforward. It's supposed to be so, you know, dropped on our head. But is it really? Wouldn't God want us to meet him halfway? You know what I mean? Wouldn't God not want to just wipe our ass constantly? Because that's a lot of shit. You know how many billions of people we got on this planet? That's a lot of ass wiping right there. I don't think we got enough toilet paper to go around for that shit. So he's definitely going to want us to come meet him halfway. Simple as that. And we got to meet each other halfway. From the big to the little, we got to meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Anyway, y'all. Juma Mubarak, Shabbat Shalom, Eid Mubarak. Eid al-Adha is pretty interesting because it is technically what we call like Eid al-Kabir, which means like the big Eid. The small one is the one right after Ramadan, so after you just did a month of fasting, which to us, you know, is like real practical because you just fasted for a whole month and now you're ready to fucking eat donuts and smoke again. It's like, fuck yeah. So you get hella excited for that shit. But the big one, quote unquote, isn't really as practical and as applicable for a lot of us because sure is the story, of, if I'm not mistaken, of Abraham, you know, y'all ought to heard this and he was supposed to slaughter, God told him to slaughter his son and he went to do it and then right when he was about to do it, God put some like sheep or some shit and so you slaughter on this holiday and then I think it's meaningful if you know someone or you are someone that was asked going to Hajj, you know, the pilgrimage to Mecca, then it's like relatable and shit, but otherwise it's just, it's a, it's a normal holiday and Another thing that frustrates me is like Christmas is really not that important. It doesn't really have any real historical or religious significance. It's a very commercial holiday. Yet people really, you know, are really fucking fun around Christmas. Like it's such a cool goddamn time. I'm pretty sure it's me and my dad's favorite holiday. Even nece not necessarily in the sense of like us worshiping the holiday. But it's, it's a good year. It's a good time to be around. And if you live in Florida, the weather is fucking nice. It is not hurricane season no more. You ain't got hot as humidity and, and heat and shit like that. Like in the summer. So it's just a good feeling. And it's a good vibe. And essentially, you should be creating that no matter what your holiday is. People want to focus on, do you understand this? Do you understand that? Yeah, but make it a good time. Make it applicable. Make it relatable. I think if you really want to sell religion really good, sell it without the caption and title of it being religion. Nobody sells Christmas to the kids coming from a religious perspective. How many Christians, you know, if you say, like Riza Aslan said this, if there are 7 out of 10 Christians in the U.S., does that mean 7 out of 10, or let's say, sorry, Let's say 7 out of 10 Americans are Christians. Does that mean 7 out of 10 Americans go to church every Sunday? Does that mean 7 out of 10 Americans are reading the Bible every night? Does that mean 7 out of... You know what I mean? What, is, what does that even mean to say 7 out of 10? So you don't necessarily be, need to be the most devout Christian to be going around celebrating Christmas. The same way I think you don't need to be the most religious or not religious Muslim to be really enjoying the days really enjoying certain holidays right you don't necessarily have to say oh no halloween is forbidden because we don't have the holiday in our religion well, who gives a shit you know what i mean like enjoy the day enjoy the people around you and live with the laws don't be so stubborn and be so hard-headed and, and a certain ideology to neglect that certain principles and other ones or certain ideas or certain days or certain holidays in other places and other religions aren't just as cool. You know what I mean? Why do we have to be so hard-headed and arrogant? It's a high place of arrogance. Also, another inspiration for why I wanted to start this podcast off 
was uh, I don't know if you guys ever listened to the song Kiss Kiss by Chris Brown and T-Pain but the way T-Pain starts off that song like as a DJ like taking in a call we got you just what you need you know what I mean just the way he was talking I was like shit that sounds like a cool fucking job and that's why during my um, elementary school field trip J.A. Biztown is what it was called where everybody gets like we learn how to write checks and we basically had like a working day it's this whole like fake building with all these fake jobs but we all get to pretend to be adults for a day and have jobs and then take a paycheck cash to get money and um there's a mcdonald's there too we go pay for lunch it's like a whole field trip and a whole educational opportunity for us i guess and my job was to be a dj i remember as soon as she gave me the dj role i was like because arabs you know this in latinos you know we're always like making shit up out of nothing we're like oh this bitch fucking gave me the dj job because i talked the most in the class what a fucking bitch you know what i mean and i said that too like i called i like yelled i'm like what the hell you gave me this job and then she tried to find some bullshit answer because you know white people they hate when they get confronted with that shit because white people bullshit so much See, we are all bullshitters. Everybody bullshits, not just in a racial sense and a micro sense. Everybody bullshits. The question is, are you full of shit of your own shit or are you full of shit of someone else's shit? That's the that's all what it comes down to when we're talking about authenticity versus I guess consumerism. You know what I mean? Consumerism in a sense like consumerism of ideas, of of bullshit basically. Are you someone that's feeding off someone else's shit or what you spitting out is really your own shit? Because if you full of shit and that's your own shit and you proud of that shit, then by all means, man, keep doing your bullshit. Simple as that. But if you bullshitting over over someone else's bullshit, then I don't know what to tell you. So this teacher was obviously full of shit and I was telling her like you know, I'm just fucking around, but I don't know why certain jokes, even if they are true, why do they have to be taken so hurtfully? Like, I, the way I said it was not supposed to be taken in the way people take it. The way you say something is just as important, if not sometimes more important than what you're actually saying. People get too caught up on what's said with versus with not with how it's being said. Like, comedians, you know, get so much shit. Like, I'm saying something here for entertainment, for comedic purposes. It does not need to be taken necessarily to... You can take it to the mind and think about it a lot, but doesn't mean you need to take it to heart so much right and get so offended you know there's no reason to get offended because why <laughs> why do you want to waste time of your day like that's that's another question i'm not coming at you with an answer i'm just asking you why do people want to be so offended over shit again that doesn't really concern like if someone says something wow like how much time about your day is that really gonna take that's why i all think urban garden should be a real thing and we all no matter what we do whatever part-time full-time job whatever thing we got going on we all should be working outside everybody every human that can work should be working outside gardening bro learning about agriculture supplying our own communities with healthy food and shit like that because it's like it's a bruce springsteen song i think hello sunshine hello sorry Hello Sunshine or a Tucson Train where he says, you know, the heart, um, the heart will burn out the pain uh, the hard work will like wash away all the sorrows, some shit like that. And it's true, bro, like getting outside and just sweating and working with your hands and working with dirt. It's one of the biggest mental relievers and physical relievers of pain and anxiety and depression ever. And I was taught by this dude um, that a lot of times the endorphins released in your brain working with dirt, it's very similar. It's a very similar similar chemical reaction. It's a very similar level of happiness to people like eating chocolate and other shit like that that makes them happy. So the reason I say that is because people got too much fucking time on their hands nowadays to be sitting around, listening to shit, consuming other people's shit, and just getting upset about dumb shit, right? You know how you know that's why I think hard work going back to an agrarian society as Wendell Berry argues you know he's a author from Kentucky uh, with a pretty uh, some pretty cool books 
And he thinks, you know, we should go back to an agrarian society. That the only way to go forward is in a lot of ways is to go backwards. It's to go back to a society where we have that duty and obligation to each other through community, through hard work, you know, that comes from farm life, comes from agrarian societies, where you also take pride and gratitude in what you're producing is actually helping other people, is helping yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you want to get sit back in your bed and go to sleep, you don't have so much anxiety and so much things to worry about. You know why? You're fucking tired. You're fucking tired from working all day and all you want to do is get some rest so you can wake up tomorrow and do the same shit all over again it's a very interesting book um anna something anna corinna i already no not anna that's a russian novel anna something anna Couture. i can't remember the name but wendell berry is the author and that's basically his philosophy but he you know he's right using this fiction fiction story about probably real characters real people real people he knows from kentucky to uh to demonstrate that his argument that Maybe it has some benefits. I definitely think agriculture and hard work has some benefits. I don't know if necessarily we should be an agrarian society, but that is something definitely to consider and ponder about this weekend. If y'all want some summer reading, check out author Wendell Berry. Uh, check out another book called Leo the African. It's by uh, it's by a Lebanese author who moved to France um, and does most of his work in French, but you can find an, a translated English version. Leo the African. That's another recommended book this summer too. So uh, cheers, y'all. Uh, hope y'all enjoy your weekend, enjoy your holiday, whether you celebrate or don't celebrate. Whatever you do, whatever you don't do, bro, live and let live. Cheers, y'all.